Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to Nintendo, the Nintendo podcast where we talk about Nintendo, both new and old. Welcome back to the Spooky series where we're talking about horror-themed games. My name is Brayden, and over on the other end of this Discord server, I have my beloved brother, Connor. Hi. How's it going? Not too shabby. How are you doing? Scared. Oh, well, and we brought y'all some spooky games this week as well. We're, we're glad to have you back for week three. If you haven't checked out our other episodes, please go ahead and do that. Uh, we talked about Resident Evil 4, Luigi's Mansion. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. And Castlevania, the, the NES classic. Yeah, either before or after this episode, you haven't, you're not missing out on anything if you haven't listened to the old ones yet. But um, definitely go back and listen to those if you haven't. Quality content. But all right, this week we have kind of each brought a game uh, to talk about, and I think they're both, well, I, I, mine's mine's a little less spooky than yours, probably, but they're both sure. ghosts and, and uh, spooky... Specters. Specters, yeah. Haunting. So uh, should I go ahead and, and go first here? Yeah, for sure. I all think right. uh, worth mentioning, this kind of ended up being like an independent study, as it were, for this week. You you played your game and I that I have not played, and I played mine that you have not exactly played either. So we're but we're it's kind of we kind of got a show and tell for each other this week as well. Yeah, we're we're gonna probe each other as as <laughs> loving nope. brothers do. Nope. <laughs> okay. Um. First up, so I've been playing this game pretty heavily. Where did you buy this game? I got it at game trader i got it at a local used game shop in town oh, okay. um, and i was seeking it out i've i've, me- I've been play- meaning to play it for a long time now just because i remember reading it about it back in the day on nintendo power right just it, in varying online video game discussion circles in terms of like underrated ds games and underrated Adventure games, this game pops up in the discussion. And video games with the best story twists, which, again, I haven't played it. Please don't spoil anything for me or our viewers. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. But without further ado, I guess we should at least announce that the game that I have been playing is Ghost Trick Phantom Detective by Capcom. It, It is for the Nintendo DS, and it was actually released pretty quickly afterward for ios as well it, it, a nintendo exclusive of sorts but but you know mm-hmm. it, it quickly got ported over right definitely but heavily like, marketed for the ds beforehand right well and the reason i asked where you got this game is because we have it without a case it's a loose cart and mm-hmm. i figured you must have found it at goodwill or something because it is yeah. random enough just it wasn't on my radar when you ended up picking it up sure and and it really didn't even ring bells from our subscriber days to Nintendo Power. And so like mm-hmm. when I was searching through kind of Halloween themed games, good good games that we could talk about, Ghost Trick came up on the internet and I was like, "Wait, we we actually have that." And so I I I slapped it in the DS. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised. Dude, was I? This game is first off uh, a very narrative game. So maybe not for those that are looking for nonstop action, but it is nothing short of an adventure game. You, the whole story takes place within an evening, basically. And so you are moving throughout a city 
uh, as a ghost trying to find out how you died. It's a pretty wild story from the creator of the Phoenix Wright series. So if you've oh, ever played, that's right? Any... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. reading that, hearing about that's yeah. Of course, I mean that makes sense. It, it well, the art style is very um, it, you you can feel it there. But if you've ever played an Ace Attorney game, like the writing and the characterization is so spot on. It is so similar that some of these characters feel like straight ripped from it, and and not in a bad way, just in a very absurd over the top characters mm. whether good or bad you know like the, you you go visit this prison and some of the people locked up are like a rock star with like a mohawk and makeup on and actually carrying a guitar and you know what i mean like and the other one is just a severely like obese kind of like gluttonous looking just super not stereotypical but gimmicky almost and just over the top in a fun way. But um, yeah. again, if you've ever played a Phoenix Wright game, you'll know what I'm talking about. Can I try to... Do you want to describe the gameplay first? Well, I was going to ask what you knew about this game because you mentioned spoilers, but I did want to ask right. yeah, if you know how the game kind of plays along. So again, I know that the game, again, like you said, the game is heavily narrative driven and... It takes a lot of hard twists and turns. And I do actually think I've had the ending spoiled for myself. (laughs) I won't say anything about it, but from an outsider's perspective, I'll kind of relay what I remember, like from the Nintendo power blurbs and stuff, like what the outset of the game is. Uh As far as I'm aware, you wake up as a dude. You are a dead man. You uh, come to consciousness as a ghost. Um, You Mm -hmm. have amnesia. You don't remember who you are or where where you are or why and the outset is just about trying to figure out what the deal is how you died who you are where you are what's going on um you start watching over like this girl character who might be a detective i forget and you're doing really well so far yeah she is a detective and it's not a spoiler at all it's right off the bat she is heavily influenced in your death Okay, sure. uh, well, heavily related to your death, right? Um, and so presumably um, that you is kind of why you're you're following her around, right? Yeah, um, and you go around like kind of protecting her from danger and like helping solve puzzles and collect clues and guide her towards it. I think, and then there there's like a strange thing also going on like in the city where there's like blue people that have like like humans, regular people that have like turned like blue and like hostile like zombified kind of is that right yes ish yes that's interesting that's the story as i understand it right um that's a bit further along in the story than i was even gonna go the blue people kind of okay. just because it does take a well I, I, I was gonna say supernatural turn but i mean you're already a ghost and so then it kind of takes an even you know another step in a strange direction i'll say Every every curveball it does throw at you, it's not a real world explanation by any means, but they definitely managed to put a bow on it. I was I am not one for cheap for cheap thrills and cheap storylines that are easy to to throw out there but not back up. And mm-hmm. this one, there's so much narrative that it, it definitely covers its tracks when it has a a, a big surprise reveal. You know, mm. is it so? Have you played through it once? Yes. Is yes. it? Do you think, upon reflection, it's one of those like if you played it again, you could see 
are the story beats like the twists and turns are they hidden in plain sight the whole time or are they like completely left field each time see that's some of them are a little left field and that's you know that's kind of where it loses me and that was kind of one some problems i had with like the phoenix right uh-huh. series for example is just like some of the evidence that you had to present was so niche and obscure and based on one word in the description that like it didn't sure. feel fair or logical but and so it's the same case here in ghost trick as well but in the grand scheme of things the the greater mysteries are definitely earned mm-hmm. that and and i i don't want to play this game again frankly just because uh. it, it 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 was so there was so much verbiage man you sure. you re- you read a lot and and so honestly for that reason alone i kind of like you know i i it was awesome but mm-hmm. i don't i don't feel the need to go back and look through again but i can remember this one specific moment where i saw something and i was like what i don't remember that the first time and then it paid off at the end and it was so good huh it's the- uh, it kind of reminds me just hearing about the way the narrative plays out allegedly like it sounds like the professor layton games like the stories in those games Mm -hmm. like where there's like a big twist like a big twist that explains why everything is the way it is but it is just like pretty off the wall outlandish like it makes sense but it's just like left you could not have guessed it at any point yeah 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 uh it it is like that and it's funny enough some of the puzzle, I mean, I know Professor Layton is a series of different kinds of puzzles and stuff. You know, sure. it's it's almost mini games, mini puzzles. Right. Uh, but, but the ghost trick logic kind of behind it, it, it felt like Professor Layton at some points. Huh. It's a really neat balance of gameplay. Speaking of gameplay, we haven't really necessarily gone over how it plays per se. I mean, it so, is an adventure game on the DS, so one can only imagine. But mm-hmm. it, there is definitely there is definitely some unique mechanics at play, right? Absolutely. And so, it's not an adventure game in that you have you are a character walking around a world by any means. Um, you play as Sissel. Your character's name is Sissel. Um, and as we've said many times, you are the ghost, and you move around the world by inhabiting different objects. So you begin the game near your dead body and you're in a junkyard. And so you you obviously you begin in your body, but then you move your ghost, your core um, to a tire and then you move it to a flag and then you move it to a blowing fan and all these different items, not every single one, but many of them you're able to interact with and mm-hmm. cause them to move or if it's a flag it'll wave or if it's the fan it'll turn on and off the tire will roll and so you are going through a series of trial and error to move these objects so that you can get from your point a to your point b and it's just it's a very satisfying cause and effect it's also timing based and so like i said if that flag is waving you might need to jump from that object to the next one while the flag is extended not while it's flown down and so mm. it's it's a really cool movement system where you're you're bouncing around inhabiting these objects and and as you are causing them to move the people in the world around you are freaking out so it's right. it's 
these are your ghost tricks. Thus, we said it, the name, the ghost tricks. Um, But yeah, they, they, they call them the ghost tricks. And so that is the one primary mode of gameplay is is traversing the world in that manner and then the other kind of key game mode i guess puzzle solving would be when this girl you're following and other characters in the world die uh if you're able to make it to their body by traversing different items you're able to go back to the past four minutes before their death interesting it's and so again kind of off the wall like random like, you know what I mean? These ghost powers aren't entirely explained or, you know, normal. Sure. It's just a little arbitrary. Yes, for the sake of the story. but And for the sake of the you, gameplay, I'm absolutely. sure. Absolutely. But when okay. you go back these four minutes, you can alter items to change the circumstances of their death, ideally preventing their death. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you said that you're following this girl around, helping her solve mysteries... The majority of the time, dude, you're bringing her back to life. She dies a lot. And so, wow. yeah, it's a it's a really funny game. If there's one thing, this is not a serious, like, dark, creepy game. There are some dark themes, like there's lots of death and, frankly, murder. But it's mm-hmm. not in, like, a bloody, gory, like, forensic files kind of way. It's in, like, a very Power Rangers kind of again i hate to say it phoenix right kind of way just uh, saturday morning cartoon kind of kind of feel i'm sure yes yes and so it's very funny yeah i guess that's that's kind of what i thought is like a i knew of the possession mechanic that you possess different objects in the environment to solve puzzles and whatnot but i kind of figured you like kind of you use them a lot as like distractions to guide characters away from danger is that true Somewhat there, there is some of that for sure, uh, especially in the later levels as as the story goes on. Mm. But in the beginning, you're you're moving through. Really, it's a lot of self service in that you're trying to discover your own mystery, and then as the story kind of opens up about halfway through the game, is when your objectives get a little more complicated. And actually, you actually you gain a partner to who also can use some ghost tricks, which is pretty cool. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's it, it, the game opens up quite a bit to to continue offering new mechanics, new puzzles, I guess I should say. Right, just to keep like keeping the gameplay fresh. Mm-hmm, the whole mm-hmm. thing. How long did it take you to beat it? How since it is so narratively driven, like how long of a narrative like, is it? It was probably like fifteen hours. I went in really expecting wow. like twelve. Because I, I don't know, howlongtobeat.com is just a website. I've, I've, I've come to not trust that anymore because doing this podcast, really? that has not served me well. But I, you know, I, I, the average there was about 12 hours. Um, and I would say uh, I should have I timed it better, but probably 15. Wow. I mean, just, it sounds like the kind of thing that you could beat in an afternoon, just like on the surface. Yeah, you could, except there's just so much text to click through. Like, I, I swear yeah. there's just like a, a artificial like time barrier there. You know what I mean? Huh. Just that you, yeah. you, you couldn't get through this game in less than eight hours, you know, like even, even if you're like, just slamming the A button. Yeah, like like imagine like a like a the world record speed run, like what right. <laughs> like um, eight hours still? Maybe five or six. 
about halfway through the game, I figured out you could fast forward through some of the conversations, but it was only if you had died or like failed your mission and then sure. gone back to see it a second time. So there is mm. that too. That makes sense. Man, the graphics are gorgeous. The backgrounds yeah. of all the objects that you interact with, those are all static and so like built into the background. But then the character art is this, it, it comes across as 3D, but it's pure pixel art. It's pure 2D pixel art. But the frame rate on these sprites is just, I don't know. I, I, I wish I had a number for it because it's so fluid. The way that the characters will turn from side to side and move their limbs, it's, it, they look like mocap. Like, just, huh. it's, it's so good. Uh, the music goes along with it as well. It's very techno, kind of detective, sleuthish. Um, sure. it, it, it's a lot of fun. But really, just the, the presentation from the graphics, I was really pleased with, especially from a DS game. Right. Yeah, it seems like the art style is very tailored to... Like, the DS, like, 3D graphics can kind of look, like, pretty blocky, pretty mm-hmm. jagged, even for some, like, 2D stuff. But it seems like the art style itself is very tailored to that, to, like, kind of take advantage of the simpler presentation. Right, Yeah. They they really nailed it, and I I want to look more into this art style, and I don't know, see if there's more games like it. I I mentioned earlier that it kind of reminds me of the game Flashback. What did that come out for the Genesis originally? It was for the Genesis. I think it m- might have been for the Super Nintendo as well. Nintendo. I think it was, but <laughs> but I Maybe. think it, I I feel like it was a Genesis like originally or something. I don't know. Right. It's definitely there is definitely an enhanced port for the Switch. So Nintendo Gems. Hey. Full but yeah, the the the, the kind of sprite cell shady kind of the art style reminded me of Flashback a lot. If huh. if any of you old people have ever played that. <laughs> All right. So I I mean, I am kind of nearing the end of my ghost trick phantom detective spiel. You, mm-hmm. you, you sure you don't want to hear this this spoiler? No, because I want to play it. Again, okay. remember, I bought it because I, I do really want to play it. And I yeah. know I'm sure you want to talk about it. I do, but it's okay. I, it's okay. It's okay. Listener, please hey, message us and like talk to me about this game. Because I mean, clearly... You can, after we're done recording, you can you can hop into Audacity or something and, and go to town yourself. You're right. Okay. Whatever you need to do to get to feel better. Well, and you know what? Maybe that's that's a really fair way to to end this segment because this game is very easily accessible. Uh, like we said mm-hmm. at the start, if you have a DS, like sure, go get it. It's like probably what fifteen bucks. Oh um, yeah, yeah, it wasn't very expensive at all. But I'm about to whip my phone out here because it is like we said for the iOS, and I want to mm-hmm. see how much it'll run you there. Oh. Oh no, it's on here, but it's free with in-app purchases. Oh no. What, what could does they that have mean? done to this game? Well, okay, so you having played oh, it, how, wow. it works, how does the monetization work? There is none, but so, you uh, you know, on the app store, you can you can see the breakdown. Um, uh-huh. So all chapters is $9.99. So it looks like the first two chapters are free. You can pay $9.99 for all the chapters, and then it's broken down by groups of five chapters for $4.99 each. <laughs> that, okay. 
Okay. Go, uh, you know what? I take it back. Go buy a DS. Go to your local game shop. Get the yeah, card. Screw that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really, if it, it is for iOS, it'll play just as well on your mobile. It's because it's all touch controls, right? Absolutely. It is 100% touch controls. That's cool. It's great. And so, you know, honestly, it's $9.99 on the, I- on the Apple Store, probably similar on, you know, Google Play, anything like that. So highly highly suggest sick yeah thanks for getting that connor yeah no problem i'm glad you enjoy it i hope (laughs) to enjoy it someday (laughs) one of these days all right so what uh what game did you bring for us yes so i brought an actual horror game to our horror game segment you're welcome yeah thanks yeah we need to get back more back on brand yes so this week i played a very obscure but very seminal game just generally in like the horror adventure survival horror genre uh, a progenitor to a lot of the modern contemporary horror games like amnesia right Outlast, games that that have an emphasis on avoiding the threat rather than combating it like resident evil uh that we've covered previously this game is clock tower for the super famicom i say yeah i say super famicom because it was released initially exclusively in japan in 1995 it Uh has not since been released officially anywhere out of japan not even in europe but if you if you know where to look on completely legal websites and completely legal file sharing platforms you can find Mm -hmm. an english translation to play at your own disposal provided you own the cartridge already right and it, Legal. right and and that comes with a huge sense of entitlement for being cool enough to play a super famicom game absolutely there you go so tell us about clock tower though because like that entitlement joke was kind of a joke but i mean i hadn't heard of it before so like i mean there's there's some indie nature to this or something that i'm missing yeah. out on maybe i'm just not international enough <laughs> i mean it's a so it is a series. This is the first entry in a series. Okay. It did, it did go this this game got a port to like the PlayStation, the P, the PS1, and then it got two sequels, the third one being on the PlayStation 2. So like it went on hmm. fairly long and like relatively successfully. It even has like its own kind of like mascot like monster, the Scissor Man, who's just kind of like this kind of hunchback little zombie looking guy that wields a giant pair of scissors <laughs> that he chases you around with. Um, cool. He's kind of like the signature antagonist of the series that you're like always evading. Uh-huh. But in this game, it's a it's a survival horror point and click video game. Uh yeah. it, it's like a point and click adventure game kind of like Monkey Island or uh like any of those old like DOS games mm-hmm. where you click around to move your character around like a a background screen and you use items on different things to solve puzzles, explore an environment, mm-hmm. find keys, so on and so forth. But in this game, the story begins, you are an orphan named Jennifer, uh, and you and several other orphans have been dropped off at this mansion, the Barrows mansion. And then naturally, naturally. And then the lady that has brought you to the mansion, you and the orphans to the mansion goes <laughs> off to find the owner. Once you follow her into the next room, all the lights go off, all the other orphans disappear, you can't find them, and then suddenly you re-enter the room and Scissor Man crashes through the ceiling, piercing one of the orphans through with his scissors. 
And oh my gosh. Yeah, with with complete with blood and gore, and then begins your quest to escape the mansion, figure out what's going on, find your orphan friends, and try to get out alive. Holy crap, dude! It 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 hits the gas pretty quickly for a Super Nintendo game. It's pretty scary. Like it's one of those horror games that emphasizes like atmosphere and like a, a, a thick foreboding presence rather than like shock and jump scares. Right. Though there are plenty of those as well. The game, a lot of the time, you as you're guiding Jennifer around the mansion, is completely silent except for your footstep like Jennifer's footsteps on the wooden floor, uh-huh. uh, interacting with different objects. So like playing it alone in a dark room is like it's pretty heavy. Yeah. And then there's like specific scripted sequences. Um, and sometimes random sequences where Scissor Man will jump out and start chasing you around, and you have to either move away from him long enough so that you lose him, you he stops tailing you, or you can move into like an adjacent room and hide. There are some specific rooms that he'll find you in that there are scripted sequences where you like topple a bookcase on him or you get under Dang. a bed and he just like loses sight of you. Like it's like one of those suspenseful things where you think he's going to like look under the bed kind of thing uh-huh. or you hide in a closet. But yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty freaking spooky. Why did this never get moved over to the States? What do you think the thing was? Was it just not a big enough title? It is. It was a very small budget game. That is a like reading interviews from like the developers. Um, it was a very it's it was a budget title for sure. It's and that you can kind of tell like it's it's a very the presentation is cool. It's kind of it kind of sounds like Ghost Trick in a way in that Jennifer herself and some of the other character models were like modeled after um, real people's movements. Oh, okay. Like, in interviews, they say that uh, Jennifer herself like her sprite is based on one of the programmers, one of the female programmers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it was low budget, but it does clearly have like a lot of heart. It's very mm-hmm. dark and dank, a lot of dull colors. And again, the sound presentation, it's extremely minimal. And then even there are some sequences like where things that aren't Scissor Man will jump out at you. Like I opened this like cabinet in a kitchen and this like zombie lady came out which I don't really understand <laughs> the story significance yeah. of in that same kitchen. There's like mounted like deer heads on the wall that like move around and like make noise. Uh-huh. It's a very surreal kind of experience and it's compounded the way the game is structured. It's pretty open. You kind of, you explore this completely huge open mansion at your own leisure, find items, find keys to open new areas of it and eventually get to an ending but there are eight different endings. Whoa. Okay. And additionally, the position of different items and keys and such throughout the mansion is randomized Uh through each play. Wow. You trigger a different ending based on what rooms you explore, what items you find. Um, Mm -hmm. Even like the orphan that is killed in the beginning is different each run through of the game, which affects Mm -hmm. who makes it out in the end, obviously. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, it's very ahead of its time and very, if not absolutely directly influential, like evolutionarily influential on a lot of like the same kind of 
again, horror games that emphasize like weakness in the player character rather than combating right, the, right. The enemies, you know, emphasis on like avoiding and hiding and mm-hmm. a, a sense of defenselessness. Yeah. Well, so I'm really curious about the point and click and how that plays out using uh, a controller. So do you just have like a, a you know, a, a clicker mouse on the screen that you... So it's funny that you mentioned that because the Super Nintendo does have a mouse peripheral. Okay, well, sure. It does have a mouse controller used originally for Mario Paint, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and you really would think that that would be what you use to control an arrow on the screen to guide, to point and click your way through the game. It is not. It's not compatible at all. It is not. You cannot use the mouse for this point and click adventure game. It is, is, you have to use the controller. I will say off the record, there is a, one of the translations does offer mouse support, which is nice. But yeah, you have to use the D-pad on the controller to guide a pointer like a a mouse arrow around the screen and click on like press a on different objects in the background different points on the screen and uh jennifer will walk towards whatever you point to (laughs) she will walk at her own leisurely pace towards whatever you click she can run if she needs to but that expends your stamina pretty much anything that catches you is an instant death but you do have a stamina bar uh, and the more you run, the more your stamina goes down. And the less stamina you have, the more likely you are to trip and fall. If something is chasing you, the more likely you are for something to find you. Um, it just kind of... Oh. The, so the more you abuse like moving through the mansion quickly, the more danger you yeah. are imminently in, which is interesting. It's interesting on paper, but Jennifer walks so slow. <laughs> so slow. Uh-huh. And this mansion is huge. Really? Yeah. So I feel like I've I've made it sound pretty cool so far. Uh-huh. And it, it, yeah. it, it deserves a lot of credit for what it did before other games and how inventive it is and how effective it is at creating like this scary, tense atmosphere. But it kind of sucks to play. Oh no. It's bottom line. Yeah. It's I mean it's it's an old game. It's dated. You're playing a point and click with a, with a controller. Mm-hmm. Jennifer moves so slowly. She walks wherever she's going. The and the map. I mean, like imagine. So like imagine you're playing like Super Metroid or something, or like I don't know, like a, a like a Zelda game, a game where that has a huge game world that you backtrack to and from, and there are shortcuts, plenty of shortcuts throughout to like make it easier. Let alone you're like running through. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine one of those, but there are no shortcuts, and instead of running, you are walking oh. at like the slowest possible setting. Oh no, that's not where I thought you were going with that. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 incredibly slow paced, and that that really is like the main killer. It, it's like if you if you want to re- scissor hands, but yeah, besides scissor man, scissor man, the main killer of the game besides scissor man is is the pace all the different endings you can get all the different variety in each playthrough you have is super cool and super interesting but the actual act of playing the game is very very slow and tedious there's a lot of tedium if you if you go through a large section of the game 
solve puzzles, collect items, got everything lined up, and then you get killed and you have to play through like the past hour again, just kind of like going through the <laughs> motions. It in an hour feels yeah. like an hour, which, sure. which ha- happened to me a few times. Mm-hmm. It it's just it it's tough. It's very it feels it's hard, very yeah. dated, dated and archaic. Yeah, I would say my my highest recommendation maybe would be to like watch it on YouTube, even like a good clean playthrough. Yeah, mm-hmm. or or at least give it like a clean shot like on your own time and then just like mm-hmm. watch the other endings. Sure. Well, and that kind of, that makes me want to, how, how difficult is it and how long is the game as a whole? Again, it's, it's just archaic. Like there's not even, mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out you collect different items like rope or like a bottle, uh, yeah. dagger, but I couldn't figure out any way to actually see your inventory. Oh, like it just kind of says picked up a rope and then that's kind of the last you hear of it until you use it on something else somewhere else. Yeah. And even like keys, like you'll get a key to like a West wing, but you're like, which direction is West? All the hallways. So it's very much like that old school feeling where like you ought to be taking notes and stuff like that. Definitely. For sure. There's, there's cool novelty to that, but also yes, just nothing but arc archaicism i guess right just it it, that that is a reflection of being old yeah in that regard it's also hard to guess hard to say like how long it'll take you versus like how long it should take you yeah like there there's no telling how many hours you might accidentally waste just like once you acquire a key going all through every single door in the mansion figuring Mm -hmm. out what it goes to trying every single Mm -hmm. door and then you'll get another key in that room and like, you I don't gotta know. Start all over again with every right. single door. And again, it's all, it's a lot of the items are randomly generated. Uh, the oh, positions. Right, right, right. Uh, so mm-hmm. you'll find that rope in one room in one playthrough, and then you'll find it in a completely different one, different one in the next. Right. Very interesting. It is. In- and it is interesting. It's all very interesting and very cool and very innovative on paper. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like it came out in 95. So mm-hmm. I imagine, you know, and it was even more innovative back then just to be sure. coming out for a Nintendo console, to be coming out for a console and not a, you know, a, a PC of some sort. Yeah. Um, and, was, and I mean, even even just horror mm-hmm. video games were a novelty back then. I don't really even know. I mean, I don't think Resident Evil or like Silent Hill I don't really know what its contemporaries at the time would have been, mm-hmm. if any. So it definitely for the time and for the platform, the Super Nintendo, Super Famicom rather, it was definitely a unique experience, no doubt. Of course, in this day and age, when in the, in the age of amnesia and outlast, slender, exploration-based kind of item collection adventure horror games like that, it, it's a little redundant, I guess, to play, but I will I will qualify it as a Nintendo just for how much it did innovate and excite at the time. Heck yeah! So I'm here. I'm here. I'm on Wikipedia. It came out for the Wii and Wii U, but that was also only in Japan. Yeah, yeah, and like that's the thing. I think in Japan it has like a pretty decent legacy too, because it it uh-huh. was it, like you said, it was released on the Wii and Wii U Virtual Console in Japan. Yeah, and it got like up. The Super Famicom version got like upported to like the PC and the PS1. It got a remake. That's the thing. 
let me let me play this with like a little bit of you know updated movement you know speed perhaps right uh, but this this sounds like a great experience yeah it's definitely going it's worth going through at least once raw mm-hmm. like uh, like how it's originally meant to be played just to, just to get the experience is there a save feature yes if you die if you get killed you can continue it's kind of like an auto save and it's a little sporadic it's not entirely clear when it's saving but it is like usually before most like major encounters i i suppose mm-hmm. so i haven't played any of the sequels so i can't really speak to how or if they improved on the formula at all themselves but i do know that they weren't received critically super favorably i see I don't- I don't know if that's a matter of them also being pretty low budget themselves or um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't really done my research on the on the, the sequels as the much, series. but the 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 original, the first entry definitely leaves a legacy for sure. Well, very nice. Do you yeah. remember those official Garfield point and click like horror haunted mansion games? Dude, yes. Like I'm pretty sure those were like on the Garfield website. It that's, was. That's, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yo, listeners, if you've never like forget Clock Tower, if you've never played the haunted house Garfield point and click mystery game like it's probably from like 2005 but it, it's worth finding it you should go find it absolutely it's a flash game it's like not not like a, Nint- a video game video Nint- game Nint- Nint- yeah yeah it's, it's a flash game but uh anyway this has been Nintendo gems and spooky series episode three that that was a lot of fun and i i think we both taught each other things about cool games yeah for sure we both now have something else to play absolutely and listeners whether you've played these or not, please let us know your thoughts on the episode, on the games we're talking about. We want to hear your experiences with them. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and all of your favorite podcast platforms. Email us at nintendgems at gmail.com. Connor, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Yes. My Bandcamp page that I've plugged before, weave.bandcamp.com, is is expanding. My work is being put on major streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon Music and such. Hey, very cool. Yeah, Weave, W-E-A-V, is my artist alias. Look for my music. I've got some new stuff coming out very soon. And as we always like to brag, he, he is the creator of our, our theme song, so if you, if you think that's pretty cool, go follow him elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But alright guys, thank you so much again for your time. My name is Brayden. And I am Connor. And this has been Nintendo Gems. We will see you next time for Spooky Series Episode 4. Yee. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. <laughs>